Good morning, world. Welcome to the latest episode of Zendependent News. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Right off the bat, I'm going to give my disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show are the result of free speech, so if you're offended, you can report it if you want, but I'm not going to get in trouble. Just, you don't have to listen. It's, no one's forcing you to listen to it. Stop Stop going out of your way to look at and look for things that you don't like and things that offend you. I'm, I mean, I don't go out of my way to be, to like just start attacking people, but sometimes I say things that may not be, you know, you may not agree with. And that's, that's a part of life. People, people need to understand that. But yeah, free speech. I have free speech. I'm an American. I am living in Europe, but I haven't given up my citizenship and I never will because freedom of speech is, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful right. So I've been thinking a lot about this podcast lately. I've been, I always pay close attention to the statistics of each of my episodes, paying attention to, you know, how well they're received. I I haven't, I, I won't leave it. I've never gotten hate. I, I have never, I don't really get criticism, period. The only criticism I've ever really gotten is, you know, constructive criticism. One time for my for my UFC prediction podcast, it was months ago, someone said, you don't know anything about MMA. And that was like the only thing that I've really heard so far. But as far as like my audience and how like, I'm I'm basically just trying to build this platform. I'm trying to, you know, hopefully there are people that identify with my kind of, you know, young adult, you know, you know, that that kind of point after your life in high school, a couple of years have passed and you're really trying to, you're really either starting to, depending on who you are, you're depend, um, you're starting to see, you know, if your plan that you originally came up with in high school or when you got out of high school, if it's working, if you've changed the plan, if you've changed the plan a couple of times, if you're going to college, trade school, if you're just going straight into the workforce or you're starting a business, whatever, it's that point, part in my life, at least personally where I'm really starting to kind of reassess, you know, my goals, where I'm headed, and where I see myself in five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. So I'm just trying to, you know, put my thoughts and my views on, you know, the current landscape of this world through my eyes, through my 21-year-old young adult trying to figure out my life kind of mindset, kind of, you know, point of view. And hopefully, I'm hoping that there are a lot of, a few young people or even older people that can agree with the way that I see things or tell me why I'm wrong, tell me why I'm right, why they agree with me, why they disagree with me, whatever. So I've been, you know, I'm I'm trying to pay attention to the statistics, you know, my audience base and, you know, for the most part, people from ages like 18 to 27, I think, are the people that are listening to this podcast, which is cool, but... I'm just trying to, you know, I'm learning with each episode that I that I release. I'm learning about what I like most, what I have the fun, what I what I have the most fun with, what episodes I enjoy doing most, what topics I enjoy doing most. I'm going to be honest. I'm thinking about changing the independent news because you know, I do like like I said, I do like to stay informed, but it it it's it was starting to 
devolve quickly into I was just some independent news site. And that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm interested in doing. So what I set out to do in the beginning was just bring up real world things and just give my opinions on them. And then, you know, they're not always going to be serious. Sometimes they are going to be serious. And it almost felt like I was just becoming, you know, another one of hundreds of thousands of maybe even millions of independent quote-unquote news, news, independent news sources or whatever. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I I can't do that, and I won't do that because I'm not, you know, there are people that I listen to for politics. You know, I, I enjoy listening to Jimmy Dore's commentary on political news. I enjoy Sticks, Hex, and Hammer. He's like, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer's been my favorite for a long time. He's my go-to guy. And I'm not trying to be like him because I'm not as educated and informed on the the political scene as he is. So, what I'm trying to get at is, I'm just bear with me while I kind of find my niche, and while I figure out and kind of build and transform this podcast into something that's, you know, more to my liking, but also probably more, <clears throat> probably more enjoyable for my audience, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Because I'm sure if you listened for my podcast predictions, my small audience that I built, all of a sudden I'm doing news, like, I, you know, it's a very, those are two very vastly different, you know, niches and communities that I was trying to place myself into, and it wasn't the wisest decision on my part, but I'm not going to quit the podcast or anything, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to throw things at the wall and see what sticks, basically, but there are a few things I wanted to talk about this week, of course, a few real world, real news, world news headlines, things that I wanted to share and kind of give my opinions on. And right off the bat, I'm just going to say the Israel-Palestine conflict issue, whatever you want to call it, I, I've i been trying to do research on it. I'm trying to understand what exactly is happening here. I'm trying to understand both sides. I'm trying to you know trace to the roots of this conflict. It's been going on for such a long time. I don't know enough. I don't feel educated enough to talk about this yet. I'm not going to talk about it on this episode. I'm sure, you know, I could put it in the title to get more clicks and views, but, you know, ethically, that's not the correct thing to do because I'm not going to talk about it. I, I don't know enough to confidently give my opinions. I haven't, I haven't formed an opinion yet. I just know that this conflict's been going on for a long time. It's been, you know, it's been happening for a while a lot of people are getting killed. A lot of people are getting injured. It's a really sad thing. And it's one of those things where, you know, the more it the more it develops and depending on, you know, foreign intervention or lack thereof, you know, we could see, you know, we could see the end or we could see the continuation of this conflict. I like I said, I'm that's that's all I'm really going to say on it because I don't know enough. And I'm not going to pretend like I know. But one thing I do want to talk about, so this is something that I was really excited about, so I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or if you even give a shit, but Liz Cheney was stripped of her leadership position and basically ousted by the GOP. You love to see it. You love to see it. Like I've said many times in the past, I'm not a Republican. I will never be registered as a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I will never be registered as a Democrat. I'm not even a Libertarian. I don't like putting labels on... When it comes to political issues and 
where I lean with and my political ideologies, I, I will never, ever, ever accept a label other than independent. Because it's getting to the point where it's, it's almost like, like I've said before, and many people have said it, the political sphere is like teams. There's teams. And you're either with us or against us. The mob mentality is on all sides. The Libertarian Party has been gaining serious recognition and bigger, bigger, much, just a lot more following. Each each election cycle, the Libertarian Party has been, you know, it's a force soon to be reckoned with. And even the Libertarian Party, you know, there's 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 always going to be... And it's... So what I'm trying to say is, with the political parties, there's not just, oh, you're a Republican, you have to think this way. That's the way that the political sphere is right now. That's the way that, not everybody, of course, but that's the way that a lot of legacy media, lamestream media, and kind of older voters, that's the way they feel. They label you, oh, you're a Republican, that means you're all of this. And then, oh, you're a Democrat, you're all of this, or oh, you're a Libertarian. And I've always... Since I was, since ninth grade, I remember in high school, ninth grade civics class, when I really started to learn about how the United States government works, and I started to kind of form my own opinions, you know, it was kind of silly because I was only 13 in my freshman year of high school. My opinions have changed, you know, not that I was an idiot, but just my lack of information, my lack of education, and just life experience, basically, has kind of changed. It hasn't completely changed my opinions. I share a lot of the same opinions. I, you know, I, I have the same opinions as when I was a freshman in a lot of things. But, you know, when you're a young kid, you only see things, you only see a tiny bit of it. And then when you get out into the real world, you start to learn more things. You know, your, your, um, your eyes are opened a little more. So, yeah, like I said, I, I will never, ever, ever be labeled my, I will never label myself, other people might, but I'm, I will never label myself as anything other than an independent, because there, there's nuance within each party, there are, there are the really, really, there are the neocon parts of the conservative party, they're the people that have been around since the George W. Bush era, the era of, of warmongering, um, screwing over the middle and lower class, more so the middle class, people that cater to corporations, they're all grifters, sleaze bags, grease balls. They're all just, just from that George W. Bush era. All those Republicans, we all remember them. The Republican Party was was suffering, and they were so shit. Nobody was voting for them. They kept getting their asses handed to them, and it was looking for a while like the Republican Party was going to, you know, maybe lose elections for decades to come. But then they started to move. You know, they started to move younger. They started to get formed into, you know, a party with younger people that are more in touch, that are more representative of the people, and it's a good it's a good step forward for the Republican Party. And then on the Democratic side, they've been the young, hip, like, oh, we're in the media, we're in the know, we're just like you kind of party for a while. But we're starting to see where there are a lot of older and louder and more prominent voices in the Democratic Party that do not represent the view of the people. They're very out of touch. Some of them are warmongers. Some of them are completely inco incompetent, grifting criminals like Andrew Cuomo, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, people like that. So if I was to say, oh, I'm a Republican, someone could sit there and say, oh, you align yourself with 
some scumbag like Mitt Romney. No, I don't. I don't like Mitt Romney at all. I almost disagree with everything that he stands for. Because what I'm trying to say is there's nuance in each political party. And there are things and values that I take from tons of different parties. There are liberal values that I take. There are conservative values that I take. There are more in the middle centrist values that I take. So that all being said, I am happy to see the conservative, the GOP, basically improving and getting rid of more and more neocon members from the George W. Bush era, like Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney obviously was not a prominent representative when she was, when George W. Bush was president. That was her dad, Dick Cheney. And we all know Dick Cheney. He's a war criminal, scumbag, grifter. He he loves war. He loves the opportunity to kill and obliterate villages and young people and innocent families to make a quick buck. And by quick buck, I mean like millions and billions like, ridiculous amounts of money. So Liz Cheney is just like her dad. She's she, Obviously, she's an offspring of her dad, and she shares the same values as her dad. She's basically one of those conservatives. She She's somewhat younger compared to the rest of the GOP, but also out of touch. Like, how can you be younger, but also out of touch, and not understanding, you know, not representing the people that elected you, and, you know their needs and wants and things that are best for them. So Liz Cheney, you know, she so she voted for Trump and then she hopped on that that kind of train of Republicans like with Mitt Romney and people like that that were like, "Oh, let's let's try to let's try to prop ourselves up to be the saviors because orange man bad, Trump is the second coming of Hitler, but he's not as intelligent." Those are things that people have said before. So let's hop on this train. Let's try to make money and grift off of that small percent of the Republican Party that hates Trump. The never Trumpers. You know, and she get, got kicked out of her leadership position, which is great. Because when you're elected, when you are a representative, you are supposed to represent the, the small minority voices the individual people, the working class people that are voting for you or or not voting for you. And if you if you succeed in getting elected into a leadership position like Liz Cheney, you are supposed to represent what your what the people who voted for you, you're supposed to represent them because they identified with you and they related to you. They felt that you represented them and you take care of them and basically representatives are like the middle chain. They're the middle they're like the messenger. They're the the part of the the middle person in the telephone circle for between Washington D.C. and the people in their neighborhoods and their communities that are just trying to improve or change things that they see fit. And Liz Cheney wasn't doing that. She wasn't doing that for her people. And then also she, like I said, she's an opportunistic grifter. She wants to <clears throat> make money off of being a never Trumper but also in the Republican Party. So she's basically screwing herself in the long term. She's not going to get... She's not going to have a political position ever in the future. This is this is something that's going to get put on her record. People are going to remember her for being one of the last of the dying breed of the neoconservatives in the Republican Party. We're seeing less and less of them. You know, obviously, George W. Bush is not in office. Dick Cheney's not in office. John John Boehner's not in office. He's another guy I've talked about in the past. 
those kind of grimy Gotham City corrupt politicians, those types of people, you know, we're seeing less of them in the GOP. And I hope to see less of them in the Democratic Party as well. It's an exciting thing. I'm really glad to see her stripped of her leadership position. We don't need her. Whether you're a Republican, a centrist, whether you're independent like me, I'm if if you're if you're sane and you're not like those there are Democrats that are hailing her as like some kind of savior or a hero, like I talked about earlier. And she's not. Guys, guys, just because you're never Trumper. So if I if I could try to understand where are Democrats coming from. Okay, so you're you're Nancy Pelosi, whatever. I don't know if you're able to put together a rational thought at this point in your life. She's like 180 years old, and she's so out of touch and insane, whatever. I put myself in the shoes of someone who's labeled as a Democrat. They're say they're 21 years old, and they hear Liz Cheney is out ousted from her leadership position. You see, oh, she's a never-Trumper. Okay. If that's your only reason why you're supporting her, I think you need to reassess your, you know, your political choices. Because if you're a Democrat, you almost disagree with everything that Liz Cheney stands for. Because like I said, she's a neocon. She's a warmonger. She's just like her dad. And if you say the word Dick Cheney, there's there's not going to be many people out there that think he's a good person and a good leader. And he did a good job when he was in office. Because he didn't. So if you're only supporting Dick Cheney because she's a never-Trumper, like, that's Trump derangement syndrome right there. It's still going on, even with him out of office. She's not a hero. She's not a good person. I never liked her before. Even if she didn't, even if she wasn't a never-Trumper, I still don't like her. I don't like neocons. They're disgusting. They're grimy. They're slimy. They're greasy. I'm glad that she's out of here. That's what I'm trying to say. And here's my prediction for the future. I bet you if she is, if she gets completely kicked out of the government period, she's going to probably start a podcast or maybe go on CNN or MSNBC or some kind of legacy media, lamestream media outlet. And just basically, maybe she'll get her own show where every single episode she caters to those psycho never Trumpers and then just keeps complaining. She keeps going after him, even though he's not the president. Obviously, he still has influence over the GOP, but that's my prediction. She's going to start a podcast or get her own show where she just only makes money off the backs of people who are still outraged at Trump. That's my prediction. So, fuck Liz Cheney. I hope she has to go work at Arby's or something shitty. Not that I'm degrading Arby's workers. I just, uh, she doesn't deserve to be in a leadership position. She's shown over time with her track record. She's a complete incompetent representative. Point blank period. You can't, I mean, you can try to convince me otherwise. I listen to you, but... Let's be honest, no one's going to type up a thing about why Liz Cheney is great in my comment sections or whatever. So obviously the next bit of news that I'm going to talk about is that the the shutdown of the Colonial Pipeline. I don't know yet, I haven't seen anything yet on if we know the culprit of this hacking and the shutdown of the pipeline, but I know it was affecting a lot of people back home. Fortunately, like I've said in the past, I'm in Europe. I still do pay... United States gas prices, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a contract thing with Americans working over here in Europe on like bases and stuff like that. But, you know, this was, this sucked. We saw, you know, we saw firsthand, if we, if you didn't already know, you know, Americans are selfish for the most part. 
We saw ridiculous, crazy videos of people with electric cars that were just filling up their gas cans, not giving a shit if the family behind them could fill up their car and get to and from work or whatever. We saw people... I even saw a picture of a lady filling plastic bags up with gas. And I thought to myself, well, this this can't end bad at all. That's a foolproof idea. You know, every time there's like, you know, there's a dire situation or an emergency or something like this, you know, gas is a vital thing for American, the structuring of American society. People need gas for everything, to heat their homes, to most importantly, fill up their vehicles, their means of transportation to get to and from work. That's how, you know, it's a, it's a small gear in a big, it's a small cog in a big machine that is just American society, American infrastructure. And it was a scary thing for a while, but we saw the worst in Americans. That's, that's really been the case. That's been the tale lately. When something dire happens, nobody can think logically. Nobody will sit and wait and kind of, you know, wait for the problem solvers to solve the problems, come up with with solutions, or wait for this to all, you know, die down. They just jump at the gun, take advantage, and are they can't be selfless. It's It happened when the pandemic first started. People were hoarding all the groceries, leaving other families, you know, with less food or sometimes even no food if they were unable to get to the store in time or not able to get their period because it was too packed or whatever. It's, it's a, you know, it highlighted the, the greediness of some Americans and it sucked, but I did see recently, I, I believe, hopefully I, I read this correctly. I did see that the colonial pipeline is back up, should calm down. Gas should be flowing to the people that, that need it the most. So that's a good thing. And I'm just wondering like, why? So if these hackers can successfully hack and shut down a pipeline that affects millions of people in the United States, why can't they use their power to, like, I don't know, hack info about Epstein or hack info about aliens and release that to the public? Why do hackers always have to... I know sometimes hackers do good things, but, like, for the most part, like, these people, you know, they could be from China, too. They could have no interest in all at all in Epstein and aliens and important things like that, but... Yeah, why couldn't they use their their technology and, you know, computer skills on something that could help people. But, you know, once we find out the culprit, I'm, I'm sure that that question will answer itself. So I did read something pretty insane and pretty disgusting that kind of like, it further reinforced my opinion that clout chasing and social media can, it's not all bad, it's not all negative, but clout chasing through social media, is a disease. It's a mental illness. It's something that a lot of people, you know, are addicted to. Putting their entire lives on social media, except not telling... Here's my... Here's my basically, I'm going to put it... I'm going to briefly summarize my opinions on social media and people who are on it 24-7 and different platforms, too. We've seen it time and time again, whether it's a YouTube vlogging couple or a family or... It's, you know, a prominent influencer on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. They're constantly putting the good parts of their life on the internet. And then it, it, it goes from 
It goes from posting a couple times a day to like every hour, everything they're doing is getting put on the internet. But they're only wanting to put the things on there that are going to make them money, that are going to make them look good, or going to make them look rich, or like they have a lot of clout, or they have a lot of influence, or power, or whatever. And then, but that's not reflective upon their actual day-to-day life. It's like, for example, there, there are a bunch of YouTube couples that are 24-7, their life, if you watch their, if you're a young kid and you're watching their channel, which only really young people watch those vlogging couples or you know, hype house families or whatever, you watch and you see, oh my gosh, every day they're doing pranks on each other, every day, you know, he's buying her a diamond ring, or she's buying him a car, and they're going to, going on vacation, they're hanging at the beach, and every day their life is just so amazing, they're doing these amazing, expensive, you know, exciting things, and, and then you find out later that, like, the dude is beating the girl, or the girl is, she tried to murder the guy or they're cheating on each other and it's it's just what i'm trying to say is social media is a facade it can be a great way and it is for me i know personally a great you know tool to communicate with my family because my family is really big i have a lot of family members live, living you know across the world not all of them live in one state and you know facebook snapchat facebook messenger those are great ways for me to communicate with them and it's a great way for us to kind of keep tabs on each other, make sure everyone's safe, healthy, and for them to just give us updates on their lives. So I'm not trying to be a boomer and say, technology bad, we should go back to, you know, sending all all ways of communication through the printing press or whatever. And we need to have a courier and a, a horse that drags all of our letters and we don't hear from each other for three weeks while the horse goes across the country or across the world or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, I read this story about this 28-year-old named Audrey Francisquini. That is a very Italian name. But basically, she posed as a student. She dressed like a student, like in the clothes that the people, the students at this high school usually wear. She dressed like a student, wore a backpack or whatever, and then snuck into a high school. And she just Instagram-lived it so she could gain followers on her Instagram account. And it's such a... When I heard that, I was I just thought to myself, like, it, I hope it was worth it. Because obviously, she was caught, and the police arrested her. And her whole entire goal was to just get attention on social media. And that's such an unhealthy, weird, and dangerous thing. Because, you know, it could have turned deadly. You know, a police, like a security officer or someone, could have, could have seen her and seen her as a threat. And identified that she was a threat. And then... She could have gotten hurt, or someone else could have gotten hurt, but she just snuck in there so she could live stream herself sneaking into a high school as a 28-year-old, a grown-ass adult. And I'm not trying to pretend like I have my whole life figured out, but when you're 28, if you're still trying to, you know, clout chase, you're crazy. I mean, I don't know if she has a bit, I didn't look at her Instagram account, I don't know if she has a business she was trying to plug or whatever, but I doubt it. She was just trying to She's chasing, like I said, clout chasing. She was chasing after, you know, that that lightning in a bottle moment where she goes viral. And it's just, she's not thinking in the long term. She wanted to hit that, like, I don't know what her plan was, but I'm assuming she was trying to get that viral moment and get, a, you know, half a million followers on Instagram. And then every video she puts out, she can put ads on it and make money or whatever. I doubt she was even looking that far ahead. She was just trying to get attention, validity, 
through, you know, through likes and follows and comments and all that stuff. It's something that I see a lot. I see it all the time with my fellow friends, family, and even even strangers. They just, you know, they'll say whatever they need to say, whether it's a lie or it's the truth, or, you know, it's half it's a half truth and a half lie or whatever. They'll just make a post or make a video or upload a picture, you know, a graphic or something. Just chasing after whatever is the most popular or liked or accept most accepted, you know, idea just for likes. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm not trying to say I understand, but it just seems like to me, a lot of people, you know, they need, they're not able to validate their own self-worth. So they live their entire lives on the, on the internet to get validated by random strangers. And it's not a natural thing. I've always said you should never rely on other people to make yourself feel happy, accomplished, anything like that. Never rely on other people because they're always going to let you down. Almost always. That's just the truth. You, if you rely on other people to make you happy, eventually, you know, that cycle, that chain is going to break and you're going to be stuck, unsure of how to, you know, properly function because the people you relied on are gone. And now you can't be happy because you've never been able to make yourself happy or feel accomplished or you you look for other people to make you feel confident. And the healthiest and best way to go through life is to just be, you know, confident in your ability or make yourself happy. Except that except that there are going to be times when you rely on yourself. And once you can rely on yourself, you can, you know, of course it's great to have friends, it's great to have family. Rely a little bit on them and not completely self-reliant but when those people are gone you know you know as an insurance policy you have yourself to to fall back on so <clears throat> it just almost feels like and it seems like with this lady you know she had nothing going on in her life and yeah she's a complete loser didn't have anything going on in her life she's not sure where her life is headed and you know she couldn't get a real job or learn a real skill or go to school or start a business or whatever her business is sneaking into high school and getting, you know, getting arrested and probably not even gaining a social media following. I bet you she didn't get even close to the amount of numbers she wanted. So yeah, clout chasing is a disease. People need to unplug. <clears throat> I did it back in, I want to say, late 2018. No, it was the summer of 2018. That was a really rough summer. You know, that was like, if I had to pick a point. If if there was like a graph, kind of like, you know, like a stock price or a cryptocurrency price, if there was a graph for, you know, my quality and levels of happiness and, you know, my sense of belonging and accomplishment, 20, the summer of 2018 is the bottom. That's the dip. That's the dip. Like with Bitcoin where you wanted to buy. Buy when it's at its lowest. <laughs> um, around 2018, the summer of 2018, when I, you know, I, I wasn't sure, you know, I was second-guessing where I was headed, second-guessing my major in college. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends. You know, I was I was constantly alone. It was a very pivotal moment in my life that I rose through and ended up, you know, improving myself and making the best of it. But at the time, one of the things for some reason I noticed was, you know, I was on Facebook all the time. I was mindlessly refreshing, trying to look for a video, you know, that was entertaining, that was informative, I think really what I was looking for was the answers to like the answers to life. Like, what is the point? Where am I headed? What am I doing? 
you know, where, what path am I supposed to go down to be successful? And, you know, of course, wrongfully so, I was looking through Facebook or looking for other people to tell me something that only I was going to figure out. And eventually I was able to realize, I was able to identify that one of the biggest problems was I was wasting time on the internet. And I was trying to, you know, I was, I was comparing my life to other people that I went to school with life. Like, oh my gosh, he just, he just got this new car. He just got his first house. He just, I have a friend who, who signed a contract to get his own real estate show because he's a really successful and great real estate agent. And I was like, I was, you know, subconsciously comparing myself to them. So I was able to identify that that was a problem. And I logged off. I I uninstalled Facebook. At the time, Facebook was the only thing I had. The only thing I had was YouTube just to watch videos. And, you know, I was unplugged from social media for about three months. And, you know, I can't pinpoint exactly why it helped me, but it did. It helped tremendously. I was able to, you know, keep that social media influence from away from me. It wasn't influencing my head. It wasn't poisoning, you know, my ideals of, my ideas of, you know, success, I was able to just reinvigorate myself, I was able to just kind of, you know, set myself back on the, on the correct course, and then I went back on, you know, stayed in touch with my family members and friends and all that, and it was just, I can person. what I'm trying to say is I, I can personally attest to, you know, unplugging from social media, or at least just not spending that much time on it. Because, you know, it, it, it can lead to, can lead to problems. And, you know, there's, there's a big problem with mental illness that can be directly related to social media. There's a lot of confidence issues, especially with women that tie into social media. They see a, they see a, a kind of thin, but athletic girl with a nice butt, nice boobs or whatever, clear skin, which odds are they're wearing makeup, so it's not really that clear. It's 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 hard to find people that have, com- like, you know, skin that's completely clear of blemishes. But anyways, yeah, there will be, you know, women that are not as confident. They see someone on the internet, they feel worse about themselves because they think they're more beautiful than them or whatever. So, I'm, and like I said earlier, there are a lot of great, great, overall, I think social media is better than it is bad. But, you know, cloud chasing is a disease, and my advice to people out there are just unplug for a little bit. Go into the real world, read a book or something, or, you know, talk, hang out with your friends in person. Do things in person the way it's supposed to be, you know, the natural way to immerse yourself into society and with other people. Or even if you're, you know, even if you're not a social butterfly, read a book or you know, draw or write, or if you're not that, if you're not that kind of person, start a project, just try to unplug from social media and enjoy real life. Cause like I said, social media is not real life. It's not, it never will be. But so the last thing I wanted to talk about as far as like headlines go. So I'm sure you guys know the CDC you know, they post, they made a statement saying if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask indoors with the exception of like, you know, of course, private businesses have the right to, and I completely agree with their right to 
tell you to wear a mask. It's a private business. You don't have to shop there. So if you are there, you need to follow their rules. It's a really simple thing that a lot of people don't understand. Basically, the CDC said, like, like I was saying, you don't have to wear your mask indoors unless there's, you know, of course, there are specific state and federal regulations depending on where you're at. Like if you're in a hospital, I don't know when, completely what it's like in the United States. I know here in Europe on post on the military bases, you don't have to wear them in the store. But if you're, you know, if you're in a school where there's a lot of kids or whatever, they ask that you wear it. If you're in a hospital, you know, one of the most germ, germ rich places in the, in the, in, like any, it's one of the most germ rich places you can go to. They ask that you wear a mask. But for the most part, yeah, you can go into a store, you can go to a movie theater, you can go to whatever business is open, and you don't have to wear a mask. It's a great thing. You love to see it. I'm really excited about it. But I'm a bit hesitant. I've still been wearing my mask because I almost never go on base. I try to stay as far away from those crazy-ass Americans as I can. I live 30 minutes away from base. I live on the economy. I live... So the European country that I live in, they haven't lifted the mask mandate yet. They're probably going to in a little bit, but I just didn't, me personally, I just didn't want to get into the habit of not wearing my mask, you know, on base, and then it possibly translating over to me going into a, you know, a European grocery store, not having my mask on and, you know, getting in trouble or infecting someone, whatever. So anyway, this is exciting news. This is a step towards the right direction. I know, you know, people got vaccinated when the, when the pandemic first started, when people were trying to, you know, scientists, science community, they're trying to understand this virus. They said, you know, we got to wait for herd immunity. Herd immunity came. They kept pushing it into the winter. And then they, they said, oh, now we got to wait for the vaccines. The vaccines came. A lot of the United States, you know, at, it's to the point where the United States got so many vaccines that... If you wanted to get the vaccine, the odds are you've gotten it. I'm sure there are a couple exceptions for reasons why people couldn't get it. But if you wanted to get vaccinated, you could. The rest of the population chose not to. And I wholeheartedly agree with both people's choices, whether you chose to get vaccinated or you chose not to. I wholeheartedly, 110%, support you and your choice to make your own decisions for yourself and for the well-being of you and your family. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You have the choice to get it or don't get it without getting harassed. For some reason, it's become a political issue. It's become this, you know, this split issue where you're either weak because you got vaccinated or you're brainwashed psycho um, conspiracy theorist if you didn't get it. And to me, it's neither. I, I don't think either of those, you know, explanations are true. I think it's stupid. I think that you're a shallow piece of shit who needs to mind your own fucking business when it comes to the vaccines. Like, I'm getting real sick and tired of seeing people you know, saying, if you didn't get vaccinated, don't talk to me, or if you did, you're a sheep or whatever, just shut the fuck up, mind your own business, I don't know why that's such a weird thing to say, I don't know why I have to say, I don't know why me, a dude with a small ass social media following, a small podcast following, a small YouTube following, why I have to tell groups of, big groups of people to mind their own fucking business, jeez, man, it's really fucking annoying, anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, so the government, you know, they said, you know, let's wait for the vaccines. The vaccines came, you know, most people got vaccinated in the United States. I know here in Europe, depending on what country you're in, I know Italy, they're opening back up because obviously 
you know, the waves passed through. Sadly, it killed a lot of people, but also a lot of people got antibodies, if you look at it that way, and they got vaccinated. I know Germany, they're having issues with their people getting vaccinated. I don't know what their problem is. They have a low number of doses for whatever reason. I don't know the complete, you know, the root cause of that issue of having such a low number of doses or whatever. But as far as America goes, you know, we're starting to see things open up. And then you go to New York, my favorite governor, Andrew Cuomo. If you guys have listened to, or if you know me personally, or if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of Andrew Cuomo. I, I've i said in the past, he is one of the worst, if not the worst governors in the United States. He's a scumbag, corrupt piece of shit, and he's power hungry. I've always said that. I've said that he's a grimy... I, I hate making this analogy again. This is the second time I'm making it in this episode. But he reminds me of the bad guys that that are, you know, funding and backing and they're the root cause of the criminal activity in Gotham City and Batman. And and it's in New York too. He's one of those rich, powerful, corrupt politicians that have never once done what's best for their people. He likes to pretend like he is doing what's best for his people, but he never has. He Maybe he has helped people, but it's never been because he wanted to. He's done it for the approval and for the just to look like he's catering to the people's, you know, for their, uh, what's best for them. He did all types of crazy stuff. He was, he rounded up the Jews. He, so he let Black Lives Matter people protest, but he didn't let Jews, you know, he didn't let the Jewish people worship in their temples and which is a, which is a civil rights issue. That's an infringement on their civil right to worship and, you know, you have the right, you have the right to pursue different religious practices. And he arrested those people. That was another thing. So that was a horrible thing that he did. But at the same time, he let people go, you know, possibly, you know, standing in crowds together, super spreading COVID or whatever, however you look at that. So he's letting, he's not letting the Jewish people worship in the synagogues, but he was allowing people to riot, loot, and rally, and protest in the streets together, in hundreds, if not thousands of people, all in groups together, so obviously he does not have, he's shown time and time again, he's a piece of shit, he doesn't have his people's best interest in mind, I'm, 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 I like to give the benefit of the doubt to a lot of people, because I know being, you know, being in a leadership position, there are so many different factors you have to deal with, I can never, I'm not gonna, I'm going to be completely honest. If I was the governor of New York, I don't think I'd do a good job. I would try my best, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say that it's an easy job and that I could do it. Because I hate when people say that when they're like, you know, I could be president. I doubt it. I really doubt it. You, usually people who say that, they don't, you know, they're not informed on all the responsibilities that mayors, governors, senators, representatives, congressmen, presidents, members of the cabinet, whatever, they don't understand all the things they have to deal with and the things they have to understand and, you know, be informed on, have experience with. But with him, I throw all that in the trash because he's a piece of shit. So Andrew Cuomo is continuing to push his mask mandate. So it, it in the beginning, there was those groups of people that were like, listen to the experts, listen to the experts, don't listen to anybody else, which, you know, that's wise advice listen to the CDC, you know, and it, there were people, you know, that were questioning the CDC because of course, in the beginning they said 
masks were not useful. They weren't helpful. They didn't help, you know, prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And then they switched. So, but I give them, I kind of give, you know, I might get shit for it, but I give, you know, the science, the science community, the scientists, the doctors, I give them kind of a pass because they were still trying to understand the behaviors of the coronavirus. So, but they, the sides are being, you're seeing like this, I don't know, this kind of slow descent into madness with the people that are, you know, the psychopaths that are like, you have to wear masks on your head, your nose, your mouth, the back of your head, your hands. You have to wear 15 masks to protect yourself and to protect others and, and be selfless. And yeah, I got my vaccine, but I'm going to wear 18 masks until the day that I die. You're seeing the same people that were saying, listen to the experts not listen to the experts. So someone like Andrew Cuomo, the CDC made a statement that's obviously backed by months and months, even a year now of research and studies. They're they're safely they're saying they're telling the people, the American population, that it is safe to not wear a mask if you have been vaccinated. And Andrew Cuomo is going completely against the experts, the so called experts that him and his people, his neo-lib, you know, corrupt politician, Democrats were pushing in the beginning. Listen to the experts. Wear the masks. Wear 18 masks. Don't ever talk to your family members. Stay indoors. Don't ever go outside. Don't ever go back into society. If you go to the grocery store, wear a freaking gas mask. And, you know, those types of people are now not listening to the experts. They were shaming people that were a little bit, you know, suspicious and a little bit cautious on the CDC's, you know, their guidelines, now they're, now they're, the, the tables have flipped. But like I said, Andrew Cuomo further pushing his mask mandate and not allowing people to listen to the CDC's advice and follow the CDC's advice just shows how addicted to power he is. He would rather, he would rather force people to wear the masks and keep pushing the mask mandate just to show how powerful he is just to show, you know, just to quench his addiction for power. Because there's no logic behind it. The CDC has said that it is safe to take your mask off if you've been vaccinated. And he said, fuck that. Andrew Cuomo knows what's best. So, fuck that guy. Fuck Andrew Cuomo. Sincerely. Sincerely. I, I can't stand him. I can't stand the guy. I can't wait for him to get out of office. But, I, you know, I'm not that... I'm not going to be paying attention every day. I'm, I'm not a New York citizen. I've never been to New York. I think New York's gross. I've never had the... I've never wanted to go there. I think it's disgusting. I think it's a gross place. It's not a safe place. There's not a lot of positive things to look at with New York. Maybe I'm being rude, but that's just how I've seen it. But for the sake of the people of New York, you know, they matter too. I hope Andrew Cuomo can get voted out of office and they can get a real competent, you know, not piece of shit governor in there. But as far as headlines go, that's really everything that I wanted to talk about. Those are the things that I felt were most important, things that I felt most interesting or whatever. And, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. I can't cover everything. By the time I post this, there, there's going to be bigger news, obviously. But, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you could identify, relate to, or even disagree things that I said and opinions that I expressed. But at the end of the day, I'm enjoying this podcast. I love sharing my thoughts and opinions on things I love to, you know, just talk out loud. 
and it's fun and exciting to see people that, you know, can relate to me because like I said, at the end of the day, that's my whole goal to put a podcast out there that people can relate to. I'm not saying I don't care about old people and 14 year olds or whatever, or, you know, 50 year olds, but just, I, I want to relate to, and I want other young people like myself, you know, to, to hopefully listen to the podcast and be like, Oh, I'm not the only one who thinks this way. Or, Oh, I, you know, I've noticed those things too. Or maybe if they, I, I love people who disagree as much as I love people who agree, as long as you do it in a civil way. If you, if you think that I'm completely uninformed, you think Andrew Cuomo is a great person, whatever, please give me, you know, you can send me a voice message on Anchor actually. So if you go to my, the podcast page for, for as independently minded on Anchor, you can actually send me a voice message. Or if you want to send me an email, I'm pretty sure my email is on there. If you want to leave a comment, do it, please. I absolutely 100% will take any criticisms or comments or whatever it is. I'll take it with open arms and I will, you know, I constantly strive to improve this podcast and improve upon myself. But that all being said, as always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you.